is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. We know that bureaucracies have power. Right now, we're discovering that uh, government at the urging of public health bureaucracies is telling us to wear masks, maintain a safe social distance, and not go outside after 10 o'clock at night. Well, that's a lot of power. But of course, it comes from the expertise of the public health professionals. It's not that they have political clout, they, they have expertise, though so that might give them some clout. But how about raw political power? Bureaucracies, government agencies having power just because they're big. Specifically, are school systems more powerful when they hire more people? In a dissertation uh, being prepared for the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas, Martha Bradley Dorsey is arguing that indeed school systems are more powerful when they hire more people, a larger share of the adult population. And I'm very pleased to have Martha Bradley Dorsey with me on the Education Exchange today. Thank you for joining me, uh, Martha. Thank you for having me, Paul. Well, Martha, you've got an interesting project here. Uh, Tell me how you got in, engaged. What, what, what prompted you to look at this question? Paul, to answer your question, um, I'm a non-traditional student and I've had a career before becoming a PhD student. Um, and my career was in legislative research. I worked in two different states and I worked in the education arena in the state's legislatures. And what I found was vastly different uh, situations with respect to public education. I started in Arizona in, in 1990s, and what I did was watch as the evolution of education reform hit Arizona and then took it over. I helped to draft the legislation in uh, for charter schools and got to see it from the ground floor. Later went to Kansas and found out that Kansas charter law also began in the same year as Arizona's. But what happened was I noticed the two laws were extremely different. In Arizona, you have a very libertarian leaning law, which grants a lot of independence to the charter schools. On the other hand, in Kansas, you have a law that requires school districts to authorize those charters. And as a result, in Arizona, you have more than 13% of the students in school in charter schools, and you have less than 1% in Kansas in charter schools. These hugely different situations. When I was in um, government research in both of those states, I also found out that the <laughs> the relative uh, proportions of staff in public schools were hugely different among the states. And in Arizona, for example, you only, you have less than uh, 1.9 students. You have 1.84 FTE staff per 100 adults. Whereas in Kansas, you have more than three FTE staff per so you, and Let's get that straight. Now in Arizona, you, you have less than two people for every hundred people living in, uh, adults living in, uh, in Arizona working for the schools and you got three people for every hundred adults in Kansas. Now, are they at the very extremes or, or, or are there other places like that? How, how unusual, because this is 50% more people than you would expect 
in Kansas, given what it is in Arizona. Is that just oddball two states or is this something that you see everywhere? Well, it turns out that the range in um, staff per 100 adults uh, goes from Nevada, which is the lowest at 1.5 to Wyoming, which is the highest at 3.73. So Arizona is pretty close to the lowest. So that sounds like Wyoming has twice as many people working for the schools, given the number of adults living in the state, than, than does Nevada. Now, of course, they're both pretty rural states, but of course, Wyoming has got lots of money. They got all those mines there. And uh, that generates a tremendous amount of revenue for the state. So um, maybe they just got terrific schools in Wyoming. What, what's, what, what is this? Do we get smaller classes? Do we get more teachers where a state can afford it? That's a complicated question requiring a complicated answer. We've got research from people like Ben Scafferty who have shown that it's not just the teacher population that has increased throughout the nation. In fact, administrator and non-teaching uh, FTEs have increased vastly more than the teacher population. I can't remember the numbers exactly, but it's huge. Um, in uh, Kansas, you've got a very rural state that depends on government very much for its jobs. I am getting now into surmising things as opposed to knowing facts. But this is my guess as to why this is happening in a lot of states. Well, yeah, but it costs a lot of money to hire that people. So you would think that the taxpayers would resist it in Kansas. Kansas is not sort of a left-wing state. Why do people put up with hiring all these people? Don't they, maybe they need it for bus drivers and the transportation system. And, you know, maybe they have more extracurricular activities that people like Friday night football in Kansas and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that just requires more people because they're doing more things in their schools in, in Kansas. Paul, I, I don't think so. I think that this is a narrative that has happened through the state. And I think it is, it is as if a huge bridge over the river Kansas has been built instead of a bridge over the river Kwai. And people don't realize what they have done with building this huge bureaucracy. I believe it has to do with um, the fact that people depend on government for their jobs. And so- You know, it is sort of interesting that it's an odd collection of states uh, that are, are like Kansas and do have a lot of people. I looked at your very interesting table in your paper, which shows that, uh, um, that Connecticut uh, and New Jersey, which are pretty urban states, uh, they have a lot of people for adults in the community. But then you also have Vermont, which of course is a left-wing state, but then you, and, and, and Maine, which is less so, but you also have North Dakota and, and Arkansas. So it, it, these, these states that have a lot of people working uh, for the schools are all come from all different sides here. It's not easy to sort of say, why is it that some states have this and other states don't? That's correct. I think a lot of it has to do with the history of the formation of the schools in the nation. And maybe part of it has to do with which which states are older than others. Arizona is one of the newer states. Um, and maybe that's part of the reason why there are fewer staff there. 
regardless. It's an interesting idea because it is the, the, the states on your list here that look a lot like Arizona are, are out there in the West. They're Oregon, California, very liberal states. Washington, very liberal states, but relatively small. And, and, and Nevada, uh, so you know, Hawaii, Idaho, yeah, it may be that there's just sort of, uh, the longer you're around, the more public employees you hire. Just It's just sort of like a gradual increase. I think that's what Ben Scaffoldy found is that there's just been this steady increase in the amount of hiring. And, and maybe it goes way back that there's just, when you hire some people, they wanna hire more people. Every time you add a new job, a new task, you gotta hire a new person to do it. And they keep thinking up more new tasks. I'm I believe that has a lot to do with it. I believe this is driven by the life of the bureaucracy. And I believe it's something that we need to look at very seriously. My purpose in my dissertation is to shine light on what bureaucracy is doing to our schools. Yeah, and then I, I've also noticed in other work that some in cities that are growing tend to be, have relatively small, uh, governments uh, relative to the size of their population, but cities that are losing population tend to have a lot of people working for the government relative to their size. So you never lose pop, you know, you never lose public employees. Once you hire them, you're going to keep them regardless of whether or not your population uh, uh, declines or not. So, so there could be those states out east that have lost population, whether it's Connecticut or New Jersey or, um, you know, Illinois, uh, all of these may be just retaining people because, you know, they hired them, they can't get rid of them. That is a big possibility, certainly. But it could be the unions too. How about the unions? You, do unions want, you know, unions always like more members. They, that generates more more dues and so forth. So maybe you can just blame this all on the unions. Well, that's a very interesting observation because what I found in my research, uh, and it surprised me as well, is that the state that show a, an association between decreased charter school enrollment and increased FTE in the public schools are right to work states, not union states. I divided the states into two groups and I found out that um, in right to work states, an increase in the number of public school staff measured in terms of full-time equivalent staff or FTE per 100 voters in a right to work state is associated with a decrease in the number of charter students per 100 traditional public school students enrolled in the state. So this is the power of the establishment, the power of the bureaucracy, you're saying. So where they have, they're there in numbers like they are in Kansas, they're blocking the a, a formation of charter schools. They're writing the laws in such a way that it's difficult to uh, expand the charter sector. Absolutely. They are protecting their turf. So, but maybe I can argue against that by saying, aren't these just rural areas? And in rural communities, people love their public schools. It's Friday night football, it's, you know, basketball in the wintertime. It's, it's everybody, you know, is, 
it, I grew up in a small town and I remember that the school was everything for our community. So the opposition to charters might be much more deeply embedded in the culture of the small town, the rural area, not just due to the power of the employees. So how do you respond to that concern? Well, I'm certain that's part of it, Paul, but you also have to look at the fact that Arizona is a right to work state. You have to look at some of the others that are right to work states and still this um, this phenomenon is occurring. What, what I think it is in addition to that is that people don't realize what growing bureaucracy does. The other thing that we need to look at is the research that you and your colleague, Dan Shaquille, who was also a colleague of mine for a while, um, have done, which is showing that education in charter schools is actually better, especially for disadvantaged students. And so everybody who's protecting their school, their local school, needs to ask what they're doing to the student. Well, yeah, no, we are seeing more improvement in the charter sector than we are in the district sector. That's, that's for sure. But, um, but then, you know, at the same time, uh, you wonder, uh, you know, people, uh, in, in rural areas, uh, it, it's understandable that, you know, test scores may not be the, the be all and end all, may be much more important to the role of the, of the school in the community. And, and, and that's true. So what people have to ask themselves is, what is the purpose of education? And what is the purpose of public schools? Is it to provide employment or is it to educate children? Well, that's a good point. So how, what do you conclude? What's your policy recommendation from all of this, Martha? Paul, what I think is that we don't, first of all, it's very important to say that my research is not causal. What I'm trying to do is figure out why it is we have such differences among the states. I have a theory and a hypothesis, and that is that bureaucracy grows until it gets to the point where the purpose of bureaucracy is to protect itself, that the means become the ends, and that uh, then it becomes just something that we all have to deal with. What, what I'm concerned with, what, I, what gets me up in the morning is the concern about disadvantaged students who have no ability to move outside of the school to which they're assigned by the public school system. Um, and this is, this is what concerns me because what your research is showing is that there are opportunities that these students can improve. Uh, I have lived the despair of poverty and I have lived also the ability to become alive and achieve my own dreams. I want that for other students. I'm concerned it's not happening for our students and I will continue to work on that. All right, well, thank you very much, Martha. It's a fascinating thesis. I'm looking forward to seeing it once you've finished it up. Um, so uh, thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. And thank you, Paul, very much. I have been speaking with Martha Bradley Dorsey. She is a PhD student in the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education X website.